Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three of the Good Fight podcast. I'm Brian Holm. And I'm Denver Ekman. And here we are to follow up a little bit on our last session talking about this governor recall in California. Yeah, and a lot has transpired in the state, in the country, in the world since that last uh, podcast. And, you know, I can understand how some of those things can be distracting and can take our attention off of this recall. But, you know, we need to stay vigilant, need to stay focused. And um, this is coming up quick. So, um, you know, it, it's important to make sure this is a priority on our list. Absolutely. And with each passing day and week, the, the implications get greater, not only for here in California, but really for the whole country, as this gains more and more national attention. And I think it's pretty huge to uh, be able to be able to confront the abuses of uh, elected office and to be able to uh, remove bad leadership and replace it with better leadership. Certainly. And, you know, I would hope that this recall uh, kind of sets maybe a movement of some sorts, uh, including going into 2022 with the elections there and hopefully beyond in 24 and, and, and things of that sort. So, I mean, this could really be a start for us. So we need to take advantage of it. Yes. And uh, we're, we're looking forward to kind of laying out a, a little bit of uh, who, we've, who we think might be the best person to replace. Uh, last episode, we spent some good time talking about why this, uh, this recall is uh, legitimate and justified in the uh, abuse of the elected office. And now, as we vote yes on that first question, who are we? Who do we think is going to do the best job in putting it all together? Yeah, and if you listen to the last podcast, Brian and I, you know, disagreed a little bit on that. And after taking some time to research, we agree. So let's talk about why we agree. That's right. We'll see which one of us finally saw the light. <laughs> <laughs> all right, stay tuned. We'll get into it. So the decision that we came to was Larry Elder for governor. And for many, many reasons, um, we obviously did our research, but just listening to Larry Elder and some of the, the places he was visiting and campaigning for, and then his all of his solutions to the many problems that we have in California um, really drew us to deciding to, to vote for him. And so maybe Brian, you wanna go into a little bit more specifically about that. Yeah, I think we have it down uh, in, in our next session. We'll touch a little bit on some of the other candidates and, and why we didn't feel that they rose up to the level that, uh, that Larry Elder has. But I know just in general for me, um, I think that Larry Elder, uh, in addition to some of the other candidates, but I really think that he has a lot of good things to say about the, the, the things that are really of concern to California right now. In addition to the stuff about the lockdowns and the abuse of power, there are some things that uh, that uh, he's in, in touch with that, that resonate not only with conservative Christians like us and a lot of the people that we're talking to, but to the whole state in general. And I think that's great for elected office. So, you know, one of the things um, I, I'm very happy with is just school choice. 
And I know that might sound strange for me having retired from the public education system. <laughs> yeah. But I, I really feel that, uh, that education is the parent's responsibility. We delegate that to the state. And if we want to delegate that to, to another entity besides the public schools, we should be able to do that. And all of us pay those tax dollars uh, in, and they should be able to follow our children to where we think it's going to be best for their education. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's an example, that delegation of power, you know, removing it from government and giving it back to the people. I mean, just that is a statement in it of itself. And I mean, um, also, Larry Elder was talking about, you know, on day one, he would repeal the vaccine mandates, which I would say the unconstitutional vaccine mandates, um, which, I mean, is also reason for Newsom to be recalled if something is unconstitutional. And I would really like to point out, um, you know, obviously we did some listening and stuff to Larry Elder, but he did a, uh, he was with, uh, Jack Hibbs at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. And um, there is what the first time he had mentioned, or I had heard he mentioned, uh, the solution, a solution to homelessness and, and getting the churches involved in that. And that's really interesting and, and promising, I think. I, I don't know about you, Brian. What do you think about that? Uh, I agree. I think, uh, 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 again, it's there's not time to get into the whole idea of, of the different spheres of of, uh, of of life and sphere sovereignty that the, the church has its responsibility, the state and the family each have separate entities that uh, responsibilities that coincide a little bit, but have their responsibilities. And, and I really think that the, the church is a great asset in working with this homeless crisis, which to a person, I think uh, everyone is realizing has just gotten out of control. The can's been kicked down the road for way too long. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> it seems like some of these, more on the left, you know, assume that the solution to problems comes straight through government. And that that's just a dangerous solution, in my opinion. You know, you need to delegate responsibility and communities need to be responsible for some of these things, too, which they haven't been held accountable for in, in some instances. Yeah. And I think that the church is in a position to uh, really uh, juggle the, the idea, even for the homeless, of the personal responsibility of teaching the life skills and, and discerning the things that have landed them homeless in the first place, uh, the personal responsibility, and, and, and then just, just uh, dispensing mercy and that help and that hand up that we all need, uh, and, and then figuring out what to do with the, the mental health issues that are also out there, which is, it falls more on, on the state. And I, I think they've uh, talked about a really good plan to kind of divide up the responsibilities about that. So glad you brought that up. Yeah, I heard him talking about that as well. And also he had mentioned, you know, he's not going to release 20,000 convicted felons back into our streets. And, you know, he was spitting off crazy facts about, you know, the percentage uh, of, you know, what uh, there have been convicted of and the percentage of people who are likely to reoffend based on the felony. And Larry Elder, I mean, he's just going off quick, quick, quick. I mean, he's really smart. And so, I mean, he, he's got these facts down and, um, I mean, it's important to know them if you're governor. So that's important. Yep. Well, we're going to, uh, in our next segment, talk a little bit about, a bit about some of the other candidates and later give you some resources to look into that. And I really think it's worth listening to Larry Elder, looking at his website, 
looking at some of the criticism that's being leveled at him and who is criticizing him, which is very telling and who's not. And so we'll look at all those other things in our next segment. All right, let's go. We're back, and uh, we got so excited about talking about that first part about Larry Elder. There were a couple things that we wanted to mention yeah. uh, that we uh, didn't get to, so we'll just kind of keep right on going with that. Uh, I think it's important to look, uh, when you evaluate somebody, you look who their friends are and look who their enemies are. Yep. And uh, I really think it's very telling, and I think it's a good sign that, that uh, most all of the, uh, the, the sites, the the sites fighting against somebody are focused on Larry Elder, first of all, because he's the front runner in terms of the different candidates. Uh, but also, I think he's he's quite a threat. And I think uh, you, you look at the criticism of people and uh, and uh, and the, the L.A. Times headline, I think, was very telling that they they called him uh, the black face of white supremacy. <laughs> how ridiculous. So, yeah. Can you believe that? Yeah. I mean, how. How desperate do you have to get to be able to put that headline out? I mean, that's just, it's almost sad. But, you know, on the opposite side of that, not all the left is against Larry Elder. In fact, uh, the former Democratic State Senate Majority Leader, Gloria Romero, uh, she endorsed Larry Elder. So, again, this goes back to this is not a Republican recall. You know, of course, I mean, you know, we talked about those commercials and stuff. It, it's just, it's totally untrue. Yeah. And, and again, you can see the tactics that are being, being stooped to. And I just, we encourage uh, you and we encourage you to encourage others to look at the real issues and how much better off California could be with things being addressed in this manner instead of the way that they have been. I think it's, it's very important. Yeah. So we can move on to the segment that uh, that is next, and that is, you know, why not Cox, Faulkner, Kylie, and, and these other people? And so we talked a little bit about why Larry Elder. So why not these people? Well, I'll, I'll start off briefly. And uh, if you listen to the last episode, I was, you know, favoring John Cox. And why am I not going to go with him? Well, I mean, one of the reasons is John Cox ran in 2018. And he lost, and he lost badly. Uh, John Cox is currently falling in the polls, and he has been for about two weeks now. And honestly, Larry Elder just gives us the best chance to win. So, I mean, the combination of those three things kind of strayed me away from John Cox. Um, so I, I think there is a lesson in that, though, that you don't necessarily have to follow who the media says is the front runner, and just to do your own research and make your own choice. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said about that. Um, in, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah and I, uh, I, I certainly wasn't really aware. And maybe most of you don't know that there have been already, uh, at least three, uh, Republican debates, uh, on the governor issue. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I watched, I think I've watched one of them all the way through and there were four candidates. Larry Elder wasn't there and, and neither was, uh, Jenner. But uh, as I looked at the four candidates that were there, Cox was there, Falconer was there, Kai was there, and Ose was there, uh, it, it just really 
showed me that, uh, first of all, just the people's personalities in general were not really winsome ones. I feel like Larry Elder has the ability to speak to a wide variety of people, and that, that's been his day job. I mean, his training is as a lawyer, and he's been uh, a, a radio person. But he's he's very able to think on his feet, and there's some some very good resources we're going to mention uh, toward the end of the podcast that we really encourage you to check out just to see how how able and adept Larry Elder is at uh, at working with these uh, people, and didn't really see that in the others. And uh, and yet any of these top Republican people would be better than Newsom. So we we don't want to make too big a thing about Elder except he seems to be the most electable and the most recognizable and someone who in whatever the year and a half that's left of, of the term anyway, would have the potential to really prove himself in that time and then uh, prove himself worthy of being reelected in uh, November of 2022. Yes. I think reelection, that's something we have to keep in mind too, because like you said, this person is going to be up uh, for reelection in under two years. So I think that's another reason against some of these people like Cox, Faulkner, Kylie, you know, they aren't necessarily electable people um, to the governorship, at least. Um, And so I think Larry Elder is our best chance now and moving forward for the future of California. All right. Very good. We'll go on to our next segment and uh, get ready to, to wrap it up and and uh, just in- insert a little bit of uh, something different before we get to the last segment. Okay, let's do it. So this next segment um, is something a little bit new that we'd like to, to start. And um, so we're going to give a sample question of what we'd like uh, to hear from you guys. So at at the end of each episode, we give you our uh, email address. And so with that email, uh, we really want to hear from you and to ask questions about what's going on in the world. It doesn't have to be uh, necessarily uh, attached to what our podcast is about. It could be something that's happening in the United States or whatever. So I'm going to ask Brian a question. Um, a sample question, uh, like one of you could have asked. So, Brian, what was done wrong in the pullout in Afghanistan? Well, Denver, your your question indicates that there was that there was something wrong done in Afghanistan. Isn't, yes. Things aren't things just going swimmingly over there. Uh, I guess not. That's kind of what we're being told from you know people, but <laughs> according to true. some people, maybe they are. Yeah. yeah well. Uh, it, it just is very sad to see that. And I know I've kind of followed that and, and heard about uh, President Trump talking about that pullout and and understanding how we don't want to get bogged down in foreign entanglements and that kind of stuff. And I could see that in theory. And yet looking at this uh, thing, I, I, I just can't uh, imagine how something could have been done more incompetently. And uh, looking at all that's going on, done, that, that there are clear ways that the military has and has practiced of, uh, of extracting non-combatants uh, before you withdraw from an area. And uh, it's not an evacuation, it's a withdrawal. Mm-hmm. And a withdrawal is something that's done in a measured way, it's done in a calculated way, 
and it's done with specific goals in mind, and all of that seems to have gone out the window. Yeah, I listened to the thing about President Trump, and you know his plan was to withdraw the troops too, but he had contingency plans. And I'm not saying the Biden administration didn't have a contingency plans, but if they did, they should have put them in place because it was a disaster, an absolute disaster. Uh, America looked foolish, um, and it was really unfortunate to see as a proud American citizen. So um, it, it was just not a good day, and it's not a good time at the moment for America on the world stage. Yeah, and it's far from over. That's the sad part. And what what should be something that we are in complete control of, uh, now uh, it looks as if people are not, or that we are not, and others are, and that's just not right. And uh, if we're not ready to be out by August 31st, then uh, there should be nothing anybody else can do about that, but just wait for us uh, to, to, uh, to leave and go from there. But I, I really think that the, uh, the Taliban is really playing their hand uh, now and just um, uh, just showing things and, and uh, with Americans getting left behind billions of dollars worth of our equipment in, in enemy hands and uh, uh, China and Pakistan uh, kind of uh, able to assert their influence in an area where that's not going to be a good thing. So just it's yeah. really a matter for all of us to pray about and be, be concerned about. Yeah. And it, it sure tells you a lot about our president when terrorists are telling him what to do and he's listening. I'll just say that. Yeah. yeah so. It's very sad. And there are, are uh, many people in the know that are, are expressing that. So I just, I really hope that, that there could be some very uh, clear, decisive action on our part yeah. to, and now it's damage control to minimize the damage and to try to, uh, to make the best out of this now that we possibly can. Right. I agree. All right, another second or two, and we'll get into our last segment. Okay, we're back for our final segment, and uh, we just want to talk a little bit about if we believe the recall should happen and if we have a candidate that we are confident that we would like to see put forth, then how do we bring this about? And I know for me, I've I've been concerned about these things for a long time and I'm really realizing and seeing that I I need to do more on this particular thing than I ever have. And so whatever I'm suggesting to, to, to others, I'm really trying to make it true of myself. I need to talk to more people. I need to lay it out. I need to find some literature. I think my, my church has talked about having a brochure or something like that might be able to give to people. I want to find a sign to put in my yard. And I hope I can garner up the courage to walk, at least walk my neighborhood and talk to any neighbor that will talk to me uh, about the importance, how important I feel the recall is, and then to recommend Larry Elder. And uh, I really am uh, wanting to do that. And uh, so, Denver, you can kind of help hold me accountable and ask me those questions, and uh, I'll try to be as honest as I can. Well, will do. But that definitely says a lot about you. And um, it, it definitely takes it, – it's going to take the effort of many um, and to go above and beyond, a little bit more than you would in a regular, regular election. Maybe 
you know, you don't do really anything besides vote in a regular election. This is going to take more. And mostly everybody is on social media. Post things about it. Post articles you find. Post your opinion, you know. Um, And (laughs) I know some of my friends and family have been censored uh, on Facebook specifically for posting their opinion. But we can't hide and, and be and stay in the shadows. We have to get out there, fight, make our opinion uh, known and heard. Um, so whether that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Rumble, you know, there's there's a lot of different uh, sites you can you can get on and make your opinion heard, or just talking yeah. to neighbors, as Brian was saying. You know, it, it's going to take us. Yeah, and let's keep reminding ourselves how important this is to our state and to our nation that uh, this, this is a very decisive time and there there's a war on. I mean, and I suppose you could say all wars are wars of ideas. Right now it's not a shooting war for us and, and, and here locally, but it's in every sense a war. And that, the, uh, that my, my parents' generation, they fought their war at the beginning of their lives when they were young. And as I'm getting up there in years, I may have to fight my war at the end of my life. But I, I want to be all in in this and uh, and really pray God's the one that's responsible for the outcome. Like I said earlier, the duty is ours. The results are God's. And uh, really hoping to, to make that true. And the day after the, the election, I want to be able to say I did everything I possibly could to try to make it uh, make it come out the way that I felt was right. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I want to feel that same way. So the time is now. Yeah, so here are just some resources. Larry Elder's website is electelder.com. Uh, you can, uh, there's a, an interview of Larry Elder on YouTube with uh, Northern California newspaper reporters. It's really good. It was kind of a tough audience, and he did great with some questions that were, uh, were good and did a good job of batting back questions that were just uh, inappropriate and irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, his appearance at my church, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, on August 15th would be worth um, looking out after and other stuff just to, to stay informed. Yeah, I, I really do recommend those because those two were really what swayed me uh, towards Elder watching those and listening. So I, I really encourage you guys to go ahead and give that a listen. And he has very good answers to that that uh, horrendous L.A. Times uh, headline about him being the black face of white supremacy. He has wonderful answers for that. Yeah. And I, I've said it a lot. I'm going to keep saying it. Ideas don't have a skin color. This is not about skin color. It's about ideas. And ideas can be laid out on the table and evaluated for that they're good or they're bad and embraced or not on the state of the idea, not people's skin color. So I think that's that's important. Absolutely. Um, now, to kind of wrap some things up, uh, I think Brian has a quote ready to read. Do you have it ready? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's hear it. So uh, this kind of has to do with mask mandates and vaccines and just, uh, you know, our, our government overstepping its bounds. Uh, C.S. Lewis talked about this, uh, some of this, and he said, of all the tyrannies, the tyranny sincerely expressed for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It may be better to live under robber barons than under omnipotent, ideological, busybodies. I think we're so many, we're seeing so many people out there and they may be well-meaning, uh, but uh, to, to tell us, oh, go ahead and do this for your, it's for your own good or it's for the children or it's for, 
you know, or for this or that. We need to evaluate the ideas and, and allow everybody to express their ideas and uh, not just fall for the, oh, it's for your own good, so do it no matter what. So I, I just have, have always resonated with that. No, I agree. It, it's America, freedom of choice. And when you don't give people the choice to what they have to or should inject into their body, that's when there becomes a real issue. Yeah. Well, we really want to thank you for listening. We really value your input. That uh, The email, we'd love for you to get in touch with us, uh, goodfight71 at gmail.com. So goodfight, all one word, and the number 71 at gmail.com. Please let us know your comments, any suggestions, uh, and if any questions you'd like to see us address. And uh, we'd love to uh, to interact with you about that and make this the best that, uh, that it can be. And I want to push that a little bit more. Um, you know, looking into the future, I could really see where we send out our podcast notification saying, hey, we have a new podcast and link it to the email uh, for our Gmail. So if you go ahead and want to ask us a question or whatever, even if you don't want to ask a question, I encourage you to use our email and tell us that you want to be signed up to get notifications of when our podcasts come out. And we can also link articles to that email, uh, all, encomp- all encompassing. So let us know. I think that would be a, an efficient way to get you notified that we have a new podcast. So ask us a question, goodfight71 at gmail.com and say, sign me up. Yeah, and I'm, I'm hope, one of the things I'm hoping to do each week is just do a little digest of uh, of interesting uh, either articles or, or or podcast or PragerU videos or YouTube things that might be helpful in informing us uh, about what's going on and really helping us identify what each of us uh, can do, what God wants us to do in our little individual sphere, neighborhood, world. And if each of us does what he wants us to do, then, uh, then he is going to triumph. So the, the, one of the most important things is just being informed about what's going on, see what we resonate with, and go from there. I agree, Brian. Okay. Well, uh, we love everybody, and uh, we, we pray for our country and, and wish the best for that. And uh, Denver, you are headed off for college this week, so we want to uh, wish you Godspeed in that. And, and Thank you. Uh, thankful for the equipping that, uh, that he is going to do in your life. I'm starting in a little bit to teach a a class at uh, Cal Baptist University uh, in the education department. I'm excited about that and and God's at work. So just want to exhibit his joy and peace as much as possible. Yeah. And don't worry. These podcasts will continue. We're trying this remotely today. So we'll be able to do the podcast remotely. So we're looking forward to continuing. Uh, God bless you all and keep up the good fight. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye.